0: Chapter 9 of Love Affairs of the Courts of Europe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simona Russo. Love Affairs of the Courts of Europe by Thornton Hall. Chapter 9 The Romance of the Beautiful Swede. Augustus the Strong, Elector of Saxony and King of Poland, owes his place in the world's memory to his brawny muscles and to his conquests of women. Like the third Alexander of Russia of later years, he could, with his powerful arms, convert a thick iron bar into a necklace, crush a pewter tankard by the pressure of a mighty hand, toss a heavy anvil into the air, and catch it as another man would catch a ball, or with a wrench, straighten out the stoutest horseshoe ever forged and his strength of muscle was matched by his skill in the list of love no louis de france could boast such an array of conquests as this saxon hercules who changed his mistresses as easily as he changed his coats the fairest women in europe from turkey to poland succeeded each other in bewildering succession as the slaves of his pleasure and before he died he counted his children to as many as the year has days of all these fair and frail women who thus ministered to the pleasure of the saxon samson none was so beautiful so gifted so altogether alluring as marie aurora countess of konigsmark the younger of the two daughters of konrad of konigsmark born in the year 1668 aurora was one of the three children of the swedish count konrad and his wife the daughter of the great marshal Wrangel. her older sister little less fair than herself found a husband when little more than a child in count axel Levenhaupt. her brother philip the handsomest man of his day in europe was destined to end his days tragically as the price of his infatuation for a queen betrayed by a jealous woman the countess Platon, whose overtures he spurned this too gallant lover of sophia dorothea of sel wife of the first of our georges was foully done to death in a corridor of the lane schloss by la Paten's hired assassins while she looked smilingly on At his futile struggle for life and gloated over his dying agonies. On the death of her father, when she was but a child of three, Aurora was taken by her mother from her native Sweden to Hamburg, where she grew to a beautiful young womanhood, and when in turn her mother died, she found a home with her married sister, the Countess Levenhaupt. and it is at this period of her life that her romantic story opens if we are to believe her contemporaries the world has seldom seen so much beauty and so many graces enshrined in the form of woman as in this daughter of sweden her description reads like a catalogue of all human perfections of medium height and a figure as faultless in its exquisite modelling as in its grace and suppleness her hair black as a raven's plumage and falling like a veil of night below her knees emphasized the white purity of face and throat arms and hands her teeth twin rows of pearls glistened between smiling crimson lips curved like cupid's bow her face of perfect oval with its delicately moulded features was illuminated by a pair of large black eyes now melting now flaming as mood succeeded mood to these graces of body were allied equal graces of mind and character her conversation sparkled with wit and wisdom she could hold fluent discourse in half a dozen tongues she played and sang divinely wrote elegant verses and painted dainty pictures her manner was caressing and courteous she was generous to a fault with a heart as tender as it was large and the supreme touch was added by an entire unconsciousness of her charms and an unaffected modesty which captivated all hearts such was aurora of konigsmarck who in company with her sister set forth one day to claim the fortune which her ill-fated brother philip was said to have left in the custody of his Hanoverian bankers a journey which was to make such a dramatic revolution in her own life arrived at hanover the sisters found themselves faced by no easy task the bankers declared that they had nothing of the late count's effects beyond a few diamonds which they declined to part with unless evidence were forthcoming that the count had died and had left no will behind him evidence which owing to the secrecy surrounding his murder it was impossible to furnish and when a discharged clerk revealed the fact that the dishonest bankers had actually all the count's estate valued at four hundred thousand crowns in their possession the sisters were unable to make them disgorge a solitary mark in their extremity they decided to appeal to the elector of saxony who had known count philip well and who would they hoped be the champion of their rights and with this object they journeyed to dresden only to find themselves again baffled augustus was away on a hunting excursion and would not return for a whole month his wife and mother however gave them a gracious reception as charmed by their beauty and sweetness as sympathetic in their trouble when at last augustus made his tardy appearance at his capital the fair petitioners were presented to him by the dowager electress with words of strong recommendation to his favour these ladies my son she said have come to beg for your protection and help to which they are entitled both by birth and their merits, I beg that you will spare no effort to ensure that justice is done to them. His mother's pleading, however, was not necessary to ensure a favourable hearing from the elector, whose eyes were eloquent of the admiration he felt for the two fairest women who had ever visited his land. Aurora's beauty, enhanced by her attitude of appeal, the mute craving for protection, was irresistible from the moment she entered his presence he was her slave as anxious to do her will as any love-sick boy and it was to her that with his curtliest bow he answered be assured dear lady that i shall know no rest until your wrongs are repaired if i fail i myself will make reparation in full meanwhile may i beg you and your sister to be my guests that i may prove how deep is my sympathy and how profound the respect i feel for you thus it was that by the magic of beauty aurora and her countess sister found themselves installed at the dresden court fettered like queens receiving the caresses of the court ladies and the homage of every man from augustus himself to the youngest page of whom a smile from their pretty lips made a veritable slave as for the elector sated as he was with the easy smiles and favors of fair women he gave to the swedish beauty from the first a homage he had never paid to any of the predecessors in his affection but aurora was no woman to be easily won by any man she listened smilingly to the elector's honeyed words and received his attentions with the gracious complaisance of a queen when however he ventured to tell her that her charms inspired him with a passion such as he had never felt for any woman she answered coldly i came here prepared for your generosity but i did not expect that your kindness would assume a form to cause me shame i beg you not to say anything that can lessen the gratitude i owe you and the respect i feel for you here indeed was a rebuff such as augustus was little prepared for or accustomed to the beauty of whom he had hoped to make an easy conquest was an iceberg whom all his ardour could not thaw he was in despair i am sure she hates and despises me while i love her dearer than life itself he confessed to his favourite boshling who vainly tried to console and cheer him he confided his passion and his pain to aurora's sister whose hopeful words were alike powerless to dispel his gloom when aurora held aloof from him he sent letter after letter of passionate pleading to her by the hand of the trusty boshling if you knew the tortures i am suffering he wrote your kindness of heart could not resist pitying me i was mad to declare my passion so brutally to you let me expiate my fault prostrate at your feet and if you wish for my death let me at least receive my sentence from your own sweet lips to such a desperate state was augustus brought within a few days of setting eyes on his new divinity as for aurora of the tender heart her lover's distress thought her more than a year of passionate protestations could have done she replied assuring him of her gratitude her esteem and respect and begging him to dismiss such unworthy thoughts of her but she had no word of encouragement to send him in the note which her lover kissed so rapturously before placing it next his heart so alarmed indeed was aurora that she announced her intention of leaving forth with the court in which she was exposed to so much danger a project which her sister gave a reluctant approval but the countess was little disposed to leave a court where she at least was having such a good time for she too had her lovers and among them the prince of fristenberg the handsomest man in saxony whose devotion was more than agreeable to her she preferred to play the part of cupid's agent to exercise her diplomacy in bringing together those two foolish persons her sister and the elector and so skilfully did she play her part appealing to aurora's pity and assuring augustus of her sister's love in spite of her seeming coldness that before many weeks had passed aurora had yielded and was listening with no unwilling ear to the vows of her exalted lover now transported to the seventh heaven of happiness one condition she made when their mutual troth was plighted that it should for a time at least remain a secret from the court and to this the elector gratefully assented such was the strange wooing of augustus and the countess aurora in which passion had its response in pity which in this case at least was the parent of love it was with no very light heart that aurora set forth to mauritsburg a few days later to keep honeymoon thrist with augustus who had preceded her to make as she understood the necessary preparations for her reception with her sister and a mounted escort of the most beautiful ladies of the court she had ridden as far as the entrance to mauritsburg forest when her carriage suddenly came to a halt in front of a magnificent palace from the open door emerged diana with her attendant nymphs to greet her with words of welcome and to beg her to tarry a while to accept the hospitality of the forest gods in response to this flattering invitation aurora left her carriage and was escorted in a stately procession to a saloon richly painted with sylvan scenes in which a sumptuous banquet was spread no sooner were she and her ladies seated at the table than through the strains of beautiful music the god pan none other than the elector himself with his retinue of fauns and other richly and quaintly garbed forest gods made his entry and took his seat at the right hand of his goddess then to the deft ministry of diana and her satellites and to the soft accompaniment of pipes and obois the feasting began while pan whispered love to the lady for whom he had prepared such a charming hospitality the banquet had scarcely come to an end when the jubilant sound of horns was heard from the forest a stag dashed by a window in full flight and aurora and her ladies rushing excitedly to the door saw horses awaiting them for the hunt in a moment they are mounted and gaily laughing with pan leading the way they are galloping through the forest glades in the wake of the flying stag and the music of the hounds until the stag hotly pursued dashes into a lake in the centre of which is a beautiful wooded island dismounting the ladies enter the gondolas which are so opportunely awaiting them and are rowed across a strip of water just in time to witness the death of the gallant animal they have been chasing the hunt over aurora and her ladies are conducted to the leafy heart of the island where as by the touch of a magician's wand a gorgeous eastern tent has sprung up and here another sumptuous entertainment is prepared for them seated on soft cushioned divans in the many-hued environment of oriental luxury rare fruits and delicacies are brought to them in silver baskets by turbaned turks the island sultan now appears ablaze with gems with his officers little less gorgeous than himself and with deep obeisances craves permission to seat himself by aurora's side a favour which he was not likely to refuse to a sultan in whom she recognised her lover the elector Troops of dancing girls follow and the moments fly swiftly to the twinkling of dainty feet the gliding and posturing of supple bodies and the strains of sensuous music another hour spent in the gondolas dreamily gliding under the light of the moon and horses are again mounted and aurora with augustus riding proudly by her side heads a splendid procession which with laughter and in the gayest of spirits rides forth to the Mauritzburg castle at the close of a day so full of delights here was the elector's greeting as he conducted his bride to the room with its furnishing of silver and rich damask and its pictured cupid showering roses on the silk curtained bed you are the queen and i am your slave such was the beginning of aurora's reign over the heart of the elector of saxony a reign of unclouded splendour and happiness for the woman in whom pity for her lover was soon replaced by a passion as ardent as his own Fet and banquets and balls succeeded each other in swift sequence at all of which aurora was queen the focus of all eyes and receiving universal homage won no more by her beauty and her position as the elector's favourite than by her sweetness and graciousness to the humblest no mistress of a king was ever more beloved than this daughter of sweden even the elector's mother a pattern of the most rigid propriety had ever a kind word and a caress for her his neglected wife made a friend and a confidant of the woman of whom she said since i must have a rival i am glad she should be one so sweet and lovable we must hasten over the years that followed years during which augustus had no eyes for any other woman than his uncrowned queen and during which she bore him a son who as maurice of saxony was to win many laurels in the years to come it must suffice to say that never was royal liaison conducted with so much propriety or was marked by so much mutual devotion and loyalty but it was not in the nature of augustus the strong to remain always true to any woman however charming and although aurora's reign lasted longer than that of any half-dozen of her rivals it too had its ending within a month of the birth of her son augustus now king of poland was caught in the toils of another enslaver the beautiful countess estelle aurora realized that her son had set and relinquishing her sceptre without a murmur she retired to the convent of Quedlinburg, of which augustus had appointed her abbess thus in an atmosphere of peace and piety beloved of all for her sweetness and charity aurora of konigsmarck spent her last days until the end came one day in the year seventeen twenty eight and in the crypt of the convent she loved so well she sleeps her last sleep End of chapter